Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. Our mission is to bring you insight from the best of the best in the coaching profession. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at Coach and Doc, please visit our website, www.coachanddoc.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Coach and Doc podcast. Our next guest is Coach John King, the head football coach for Longview High School in Longview, Texas. This next year will be Coach King's 17th year as head coach of the Lobos, where he is the winningest coach in program history. He also delivered the Story Program its first state championship in 81 years when they captured the 6A state title in 2019. Most recently, Coach King was named the, the next president-elect of the Texas High School Football Coaches Association, and he will officially take over those duties this summer. Uh, but even with all of his accolades, he's known for being one of the most likable and well-respected coaches in the profession today. And we're just honored that he joined us. So, Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I feel honored that y'all would even invite an old old uh, washed-up coach that uh, <laughs> joined you on this podcast. But, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier, you know, y'all uh, y'all come from a coaching tree. And, uh, you know, two great dads in the profession. So, uh I guess the apple didn't fall far from the tree with both of you. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, well, Coach, first of all, congratulations on being named the next president of the Texas High School Football Coaches Association. That's got to be like one of the best honors that you can receive in the profession. So I wanted to just open with saying that, like, can you talk a little bit about what that honor means to you? Well, you know, I've been nominated for president-elect three different times. This is my third time for, for that. And I said, I guess y'all just need somebody to have a runoff. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, and, and I was uh, the first alternate this year. We had a guy that was selected ahead of me that retired. And, and so I was placed in that position. But it's amazing what can happen when you win a state championship. you got an MVP uh, quarterback as a son who committed to Texas a and you, you tend to get a lot more votes. I can tell you that. <laughs> But uh, you know, being the president of the Texas High School Coach Association is one of the greatest honors of my coaching uh, career, you know, as far as just a professional standpoint. And just to be voted in amongst your peers and, uh, you know, what Texas high school uh, means and, and what the, our association means to, to our high school football. Uh, we're at 23,000 some odd members. We're, we're hoping to push to 25,000 members. So you start thinking about that one of the greatest associations that, that, that there are of any, of any kind. But what our association is able to do for not only our coaches, but our kids is second to none. Um, what they battle for the state capital for us, you know, just the different things of, you know, uh, being able to have an athletic period, uh, being able to have uh, the, the, the facilities and, and the time with our kids. And, you know, we've got, a, a you know, just different rules and regulations in Texas that are they're totally different in other states, you know, and, it's separation of private and public and, and things like that. But uh, to be able to be a member of that and, and uh, you know, what they do with helping coaches help kids, uh, second to none. That's awesome, Coach. Um, <clears throat> so I know uh, this is a heck of a time to be taking on this uh, leadership position with everything we have going on right now. Um, you know, could you talk to us a little bit about some of the things you're discussing, you know, from an organizational standpoint about football starting back up in the state of Texas and, Maybe if you can make a prediction about when you think, you know, coaching conventions, practices, games might be able to start back up. You know, we've had a we've had a few meetings with our board of directors and even been on a UIL uh, 
uh, Zoom meeting, you know, to discuss those possibilities. But, you know, the biggest thing we've talked about, number one, is safety. Safety of our kids and of our coaches and, of course, of our fans. Uh, that's going to be of the utmost importance. That's going to be heavily involved in decision-making. It's going to be the driving, the for, driving force in the decision-making. But, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty what we're looking at. Nobody has a calendar. Nobody has a – you know, for the first time in my 28-year coach career, nobody's telling me the dates to work with and the times to work with. We really don't know. So, there's so much uncertainty there. And and um, when you start thinking about things like when will we, will we be able to resume working out on our kids, how long will it take for us to get our kids ready for practice in, in the fall or whenever that may start, and what's the timeline there? Because we're looking at eight weeks of yeah. we've been without our student athletes uh, walking out and training and things like that. So there's a lot of long time there. And, um, you know, how long will it take to get those kids ready? What are we going to look at when uh, we resume as far as athletic physicals? Because, you know, uh, most of us take care of this in the springtime, and normally we do it for free for our athletes. Well, now we're going to be looking at a different scenario because all these doctors are going to be playing catch-up with, uh, you know, their patients that they've been away from for, you know, eight weeks as well. So, uh, the t- the biggest topic of discussion for us has been our summer strength and conditioning guidelines. When we do resume with our athletes, are they going to give us more time to work with them to make up for lost time? Or are they going to allow us to have the uh, sport-specific skill component like uh, they added last year? Are they going to add more time to that so we can we can have those uh, th- those days or those hours where we can we can uh, you know work with our kids in, in the skill development phase? So. Uh, those are the biggest things, uh, you know, if we can just ever get to the point we can resume practice, you know, uh, on the field, helmets, pads on. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll be as close to normal as what we can get. And I think, you know, uh, all involved will be, a, you know, a lot better off. That's good. Uh, Coach, we want to go back now to this past year. And wanted to see if you can give our listeners some insight on something because this is extremely rare that you get a chance to go through this. Uh, so, like, you won the first state championship in 81 years. At probably one of the most famous programs across the state two years ago. Quarterback's your son. He gets named player of the year for the state of Texas as a junior. So, obviously, he's coming back. You go into this past year after having hit such a huge milestone. Just from a motivational standpoint, what's it like going through 2019 after you have kind of hit the pinnacle mark of the profession? You know, 2018 was the best year of my coaching career, no, no, no doubt. On the field with the, the great team we had, winning the state championship, and then being able to coach your son and him to play at a high level. I mean, money came by it, and, and yeah. I'm very fortunate to be able to experience that. And and I knew that. And as soon as we won it, you know, uh, one of my old coaching buddies, Coach Pat Collins, told me, he said, get ready, big boy. He said, this is going to be the toughest year of your life uh, coming back as far as the, the coaching phase of it because uh, so many expectations were centered on that football team. And, and, and when you got your quarterback returning, who just so happens to be your son and one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the country, I mean, that just adds to it. But uh, it was tough, just the expectations that we had of our football team, you know, and because and, we got everybody's best shot. Uh, and, and that's nothing new for us. But uh, we knew it was coming and it was tough. and. You know, we were expected to win every game we played and couldn't have an off night because if you have an off night in, in, in 6A football in Texas, you're going to get beat. And, and mm-hmm. you know, ultimately that's what ended our year. But, you know, we, uh, you know, had won the state championship, started with, you know, uh, 
16-game winning streak to start the season. That thing, every week it just built, 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 built. And, of course, we ended up having 27 straight wins in the program, which is tied for the most in the history of East Texas in the top classification. And, you know, that's kind of tall cotton as far as I'm concerned. We look at the historic programs we've had in East Texas. To be able to do it in the highest classification was was just exceptional. But, uh but I, I thought our kids did a great job of, of, of trying to stay focused for the most part. I, there were nights that we we weren't really into it and didn't have to be maybe uh, to a certain extent, but to be able to, to to practice, you know, the way we needed to practice the year before for 16 straight weeks. Well, when you look at it, it's really 20 time you figure in your open date and fall practice. I mean, 20 weeks of that, spring practice. Go back, start it over again with these guys. I thought they did a pretty good job of handling, but uh, you know, just uh, as a from a personal standpoint, you want your kids to go out and, and, and be able to win it again. I mean, you know, it's and and uh, you had a chance. You knew you had a good football team. Things were going to have to go your way, and uh, but uh, it was by far the toughest year of my coach career. You know, it's hard to get there, but it's even harder to stay there. And and you've heard it. But I lived it, and, uh, you know, it is, it, it is true. So, Coach, we saw you recently lost your longtime defensive coordinator, Casey Pierce, to a head coaching job. And, uh, you know, he was obviously a great football coach, won the high school Broyles Award. Um, so I'm just curious about your thought process on replacing someone like that, uh, you know, and really in general for bringing in, you know, outside staff members versus promoting from within, just, you know, how important that is with hiring assistants. You know, I've been real fortunate here at Longview. I don't have a lot of staff turnover. Casey was a guy that had been with me for 14 years. Wow. Very loyal assistant. Uh, he wore a lot of hats for us. I mean, whether it be our huddle coordinator, a recruiting coordinator, a head track coach, involved with the strength conditioning program, you name it, Casey Pierce would do it. And he would do it all day long. He'd come in on Saturday and Sunday when he wasn't asked to to make sure things were done. He was just, you know, he's a coach's kid. Uh, and and he gets it, and it's all all he's ever known, and 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 he is a worker. And it hurt when when uh, you know uh, he was awarded or accepted the job at Breckenridge. But I told him he needed to go get it. I mean, he's interviewed for several jobs. It is home to him, and it was time because he had he had done so much for us. It's time for him to go get him one of those jobs and experience that and and, and build his own program, which uh, you know. Uh, I think he'll probably model it a lot after what we did here. I mean, because that's what he believes in. But, you know, when, when he interviewed, uh, I had a feeling he was going to get it. As a matter of fact, I told the principal he would be a, be a damn fool if he didn't hire him. That was my exact words to him because what he would mean to their program. And uh, But I, I contacted one of my, my former assistant coaches who was our defense coordinator prior to Casey taking over, John Berry, who is uh, coaching at Gladewater right now, right, right down the road. And, you know, I always try to stay one step ahead, you know, when you kind of get an idea one may be leaving. And, you know, but that seed had been planted for several years. Uh, uh, Coach Barry and I had, have a history. We've coached together for over, you know, 20 years and in Louisiana and then in Texas. And, and as I said, he was here with us before. So I knew I needed somebody that would understand me, understand our culture, understand our program here, uh, you know, could relate to our kids. And, and he can do that. And, you know, it was a home run hire for us. Now, you know, there were a couple of guys on staff that I was looking at promoting, but one decided to retire, uh, you know. And, and uh, so, I mean, that just made it a natural fit to go get John Barry and, and bring him back. And, and uh, 
you know, rejoin the staff. And, and But he, John Barry was here with us when we built this thing back in 2000. We got here in 2000. It was not the same Longview Lobo football program as you see today. He was here. He understands what it took and what it's about. So uh, it, it's great to have him back and, you know, great friend of mine and, and but he's a good football coach and and uh, he's going to be you know the same loyal and hardworking guy that Casey Pierce was. I like it, Coach. We always like to ask people about mentors they've had and why people need to know about them. I know a lot of people in Louisiana know who Pat Collins is, uh, <laughs> yeah. but for listeners who don't know, who is Coach Collins and why was he so important to you? You know, Coach Collins has had a history in Louisiana, you know, college football with a coach at Louisiana Tech and then at Northeast Louisiana and won a national championship. But I was so lucky and fortunate to get hired by him in 1996. He taught me so much about being a coach. You know, I, I, I thought I was a good coach. Now, I was probably a good offensive line coach, but I was not a good coach in terms of dealing with people because you cannot coach everyone like an offensive lineman or deal with cheerleader sponsors or band directors or – uh, you know, dance line directors like an offensive lineman. I mean, you've got to learn how to handle people, know what makes everybody tick, what makes a program work, you know. And he was so good at that. But, you know, uh, Coach Collins, there, there's there's two kinds of people, those that love him and those that hate him. And he really don't care which one you're on. He's going <laughs> to be a straight shooter. And But he's fair. And and he was great uh, at, at building things, you know. And he had a he had a vision and, and a, a direction he wanted to go. And, and – uh, that that was the biggest influence on me, being able to work for him. And, and I'd work for him again today. I didn't want him to leave, you know, when he was uh, our, our head coach or athletic director. I would have worked for Coach Collins to the day I died just because of the way I loved him and felt, I felt about him, you know. And uh, But uh, he's a guy that I still call today. If there's a problem or an issue, I want to get his opinion on it because, you know, uh, he's been there long enough and, and, and he kind of – he's one of those guys that would think about something for a day or two, then he would ultimately make a decision. But the great thing about that Coach Collins taught me was like taking a job and you take the good and keep it, you take the bad and throw it out. But you don't go in there and just start whacking people. I mean, there's there's feelings and there's there's good coaches that are there. Maybe they don't know the direction or, or know what it takes to, to win, but there's good people there. And you, you got to give everybody a chance to, you know, kind of earn their keep. But you know, you go in and you start talking about the staff before you, then you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. It may be a coach's own staff or maybe kids on the team. They love the guys that were here before. And you go in there and just start making drastic changes, and they may rebel against you. But you kind of put a coat of paint on each day and another coat the next day, and a couple of days later you add another coat of paint. You start changing things gradually. Before you know it, you've changed all the colors and nobody realized it happened. You know, but it's, it's a way to do things instead of, you know, just uh, – I guess uh, being cutthroat or whatever else. I mean, I, that's just not the kind of guy I am and what the person he was. And, you know, and I kind of agreed with because when we got here to Longview, there were some guys we kept on staff that were really good coaches that were loyal to our program. They're still here today, you know, and, and uh, that's advice I give people. But coach was, he was great to work for. And, and uh, you know, like I say, he's still a big, big mentor of mine today. So, you know, you've mentioned your son several times, obviously fantastic player, and, and we've talked a lot about, you know, you as a coach, but, you know, I'm interested maybe in hearing about your role as a, just a proud parent. You know, you're going to get the opportunity to watch your son play in the SEC at Texas A&M, you know, for Coach Jimbo Fisher, and, you know, just talk about that. Well, I am proud of him. I mean, he, he had to do it the hard way. Uh, 
you know, uh, what I'm most proud of is he did it here with his high school teammates, his high school coaches. Uh, he trained with, with his coaches and his teammates every day. He, he wasn't one of those that had his own individual personalized trainer. I felt like it was most important. If, if I'm going to preach something, that is something my, my son needed to do, and he did it. And I think it's living proof that if you put in the time, you put in the work, uh, you're dedicated to whatever your, your your craft is and trying to improve as a player, then things can fall fall in place for you, you know. And But uh, to be able to play, you know, high school football uh, in Longview special, to be able to go to the same school as a, as a coach's kid in today's world from kindergarten to graduation is almost unheard of. I mean, to be able to say you did that. And 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 uh, it was important for him, you know, to be able to play at Longview. Uh, I, I, I knew in that championship game, you know, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, but I knew he he was playing for just more than than, than that that moment. He was playing for the, the previous 14 years. His dad, you know, his daddy had been there and, and been criticized and hadn't been able to win the big one. He had a look in his eye and he had a demeanor that, uh, you know, uh, it was the biggest moment in his high school career and he wasn't fixing to back down and we were going to find a way to win. But the, the – that that day is when I said, you know, that he he is special. You know, everybody told me that, and I denied it, and I didn't want to agree with him because he's my son. I wanted to be hard on him, and and I was, but uh, he had a special night, and and and. But it takes you know, guys being able to do that at the right time, to, you know, to to uh, play at that level. But to be able to go to the SEC, uh, you know, have a chance to play what you know, arguably is the best league there is. I mean, you know. Uh, we we did visit one non-SEC school, which happened to be Duke, where your father coaches. <laughs> we went there, but for one reason, and one reason only, and that was David Cutcliffe and his history with developing quarterbacks. That's that's no doubt about that. I mean, that, that's not a very good secret. But he wanted to play in the SEC. That was, that's ultimately what it came down to. And, you know, had a chance to go to, uh, to A&M and, and be coached by Jimbo Fisher, who's an offensive guy who also works with the quarterbacks. I mean, that, you know, it's kind of a uh, – a bonus there with that. I mean, you know, they they may change coordinators, but if they don't change head coaches. I don't think they're going to change the offense at A and M. You know, Jimbo's That's right. Yeah, the things are going to stay stay the same there. So uh, I'm just excited for him, and I can't wait to you know to be able to sit at Kyle Field and watch him run out to you know uh, first first game dressed in his A and M jersey. I mean, it's, it's something that that's going to put chills down your spine. No doubt. All right, Coach, we're going to finish with a little rapid-fire closing round. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I just want you to say the first thing that comes to mind, so just quick answers, all right? Okay. First one, toughest kid you've ever coached? Bryce Redman, offensive lineman. He was a tough ass. <laughs> <laughs> what program do you enjoy playing against more than any other? Lufkin Panthers. Best venue to coach, play a football game? You can't say Lobo Stadium. AT&T, Jerry's World. <laughs> 48. Great answer. There's nothing like it. Most underrated high school coach in Texas? Mm, that's tough. Can I give you two? Yes. Todd Quick, Lufkin. Uh, it's going to be uh, John Walsh. Former coach at Denton Guyer. Yeah. Okay. Last one. It's, it's just for when I can convince Cutting his family to come visit East Texas with us. Best place to eat in Longview. 
Um, Bodacious, Marbley Avenue. No question. Great answer. <laughs> All right. Definitely got to check that out one day. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's good. Get the, get the brisket boot in. There you go. Well, Coach, thank you so much for doing this. This was perfect. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. Uh, We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachanddoc.com. Thanks again.